Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we are finishing out our time at the City of a Thousand Vacation Days. This setting was brought to you by our patron, Diplo Raptor. So a big thank you to Diplo for this particular setting. As per usual, this is the second part of a two-part series, so I would strongly recommend going back and listening to that first part, lest you be remarkably confused. Before we get into diving right back into our setting, however, I always want to remind people that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, click the link, follow the instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to follow us on social media, we're on Twitter at Let's World Build. You can also go and join our Discord and chat with us in a more direct sense. We're far more likely to be talking about stuff to you directly. So come join the Discord, chat world building, chat podcasts, chat whatever. It's all good. It's all exciting, right? And of course, if you're feeling particularly generous, like our patron Diplo, you can always go to our Patreon where you can give us money and in return, we'll give you access to sweet, sweet patron-only goodies like early episodes, patron-only episodes, a patron-only Discord, access to too hot for broadcast stuff that just can't make the podcast for all sorts of reasons. Anyway, if you want to do that, you can go to our Patreon. There's a link for that in the description and on our website. And with all of that out of the way, let's dive right back into the episode. So the last we left off, we had a twist that we had to reconcile, which was Big Brother is watching. So Courtney, as the only one here who has a big brother who's not me, and I don't like to start off, why don't you start us off with your reconciliation of the twist, Courtney? All right. I had a tough time with this twist, but ended up with the idea that it's referring to the metaphysical concept of Big Brother, which, of Mm. course, the gnomes in the city have captured and are using to watch everything happening Mm -hmm, in the city. mm -hmm. But because this concept is so much larger than mere mortals understand and certainly more broad than the ego of the gnomes can comprehend, uh, it's in turn reporting all of what's happening to a much, much higher power, like a god or council of gods or something to that effect who are able to see this absolute fuckery of a city going down. So, uh, so names uh, are being written down in a book somewhere is what yes, you're suggesting. Yes, gotcha. exactly. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. The idea that um, they've literally captured the concept of Big Brother. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> it's very appropriate. Okay. My, my reconciliation for the twist was actually like just a, uh, a physical manifestation of this idea. And I think it definitely still works. I, I want to talk about it, though. So, Daniel, you know Michel Foucault, right? Uh, yes. Okay. And other people can probably understand there's the concept of the panopticon, right? Uh-huh. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So the concept of the panopticon is creating a prison where in the center of the prison is a giant tower. It's a giant watchtower and you can't see into it, but it's very obvious that people are looking out, right? Or at least the threat of people are looking out. And I was thinking about that and how Disney kind of works as like a setup, right? Because obviously I'm I'm taking a lot of uh, inspiration from Disney and other theme parks. And in Disney, they use a hub and spoke type of way to create maps for their park. So 
basically everything's in a giant wheel. And I took that concept. And I'm like, hey, at the center of this wheel, it's just a big old tower. It's a big old panopticon watchtower. And I thought that that is essentially the manifestation of Big Brother here in our theme park. Mm-hmm. And what I was thinking about having is just like it will randomly just shine a spotlight onto visitors seemingly <laughs> at random, but but at the same time, maybe not so randomly. Right. So there's this idea that you don't know why the light shines on you and you don't know when the light could shine on you at any moment. So there is always a um, the threat of exposure in some way. And that's mm. kind of what I wanted to put out there for my reconciliation for Big Brother. At first, I was picturing like the Tower of Sauron, like the Eye of Sauron, just um, like in the center of this park. But now I'm thinking like, what if it's like a Jumbotron? Where, oh, that's like, really a, good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. in a way, it's like an attention thing too. Like maybe yeah. you feel special for being up on the screen, but in reality, it's just fucking like staring you down. Okay. That's, that's a much better idea because now I'm just imagining it's a giant scrying ball, right? Mm, so every, yeah, every yeah. now and again, it'll like click over to someone new and then they look up and like, who is it this time? Right. And yeah. it's like catching them in all sorts of like unflattering positions, right? Because <laughs> it's it's seemingly at random. So you could like catch people taking a shit, you know, like catch people <laughs> on a ride, you know? So it's like there's always the threat of it putting you up on the big screen at some point, right? Yeah. So that's, that, Courtney, that's really brilliant. <laughs> it makes me think too of um, the famous Apple ad of the- um, Yeah. Yeah. With the hammer throw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, throwing that into the, into the screen. But I also like the idea of it being like an Epcot ball-shaped object because that makes yeah. me think of that iconic image. Yeah, <laughs> that's even, mm-hmm. yeah, that's really good too. Holy shit. That is good. And- what would also be neat is if you put your trapped big brother somewhere in there. So while yeah. they're imprisoned, you know, like they're also witnessing the, 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 what the panopticon is seeing. Mm-hmm. Daniel, I want to push back on that just because I really feel like if they're imprisoning big brother anywhere, it would be in the, it's a small world ride. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> just for maximum oh, no. suffering. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. But no, that that is actually I I really really love how that kind of works out, and that's brilliant. Like that that works so mm-hmm. well. The jumbotron, like, is it a kiss cam? No, please don't, please stop. Oh mm-hmm. God, you know, like stuff like that. That's really good. Yeah, it's also like a warped form of entertainment in that way because oh, like definitely. a random visit to the park would find it funny to like oh look at that person like dropping their ice cream or whatever. That's uh-huh. hilarious, but like it doesn't really strike them how invasive that is until it actually shines on them. Yeah. Right. And it's like, Oh, I I don't like this anymore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I also imagine that it is also something that people in the line, the endless line can see from a relatively far distance. Mm, Right. Yeah. So that way they get a preview of what's happening in the park and they get excited about it. Right. So maybe it's like this kind of like tantalizing lure in to see like, Oh, look, everyone's having so much fun. Look at the smiles. And then, Every now and then you'd be like, oh, wow, look, that's so embarrassing for them. So it's like mm-hmm. not understanding that this is happening to people within the park. And like those are real people that are experiencing stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. That's and that's fun. The, the other thing, the, the, the other like kind of subtle aspect to the Panopticon, by the way, is this idea that because there is a constant threat of surveillance, what ends up happening is that you end up policing yourself. Right. If there's always the mm-hmm. threat that you might be exposed at any point. 
less security is required because, oh, you're going to be called out. And so just the threat of being seen is a deterrent in and of itself, right? Foucault talks about this. This is not this kind of podcast, but that's basically the concept <laughs> surrounding it, right? It's also kind of fucked up to think that like this isn't just a park. It's a, a city with you know millions of people in oh, it, yeah. um, who are living their lives and going about their days. And like yeah. the fact that they're constantly under that that level of surveillance is oh, yeah. disturbing. Horrible. Horrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel, let's hear from you. What was your reconciliation of the twist for Big Brother is watching? Um, I mean, I I really like what Courtney came up with, and I think it's more specific than anything I was thinking of. I was just trying to think. I definitely don't want it to be something like, oh, it's some some version of what the gnomes are doing because they're already Big Brother-ish being in charge of the park. Mm -hmm. So I thought it, it's in line with what you were saying that perhaps it's a larger, more um, powerful force like death itself mm -hmm. since it's death's creeper that was, you know, that's on vacation. And so maybe it's somehow observing what's happening. Mm -hmm. But the concept of Big Brother itself is better, I think, because mm -hmm. that like is tongue in cheek and it speaks directly to uh, what we're talking about. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a nice blend of the ideas that we've got going here where mm -hmm. it's like that literal big brother concept, but also the higher power that's sort of looming in the background that maybe we don't need to like flesh out fully, but it's just, it's there, it's waiting and who knows what's going to happen in the hundred plus years when the Reaper comes back from vacation. Mm. I mean, the mere fact too, that he's trapped just like all the other concepts mm -hmm. is what really makes it fun. I think, yes. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that them being trapped, it adds a level of perversion to the whole concept as well that I think is more interesting than if it was just like played straight. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. All right. So I suppose with our twists, uh, whoa, I was going to say something else, but with our twists <laughs> reconciled, I suppose we can move on to our factions. Now for this time, rather than doing a traditional faction full of a bunch of people, what we've decided to do is create a ride and a metaphysical concept that's an embodiment that coincides with that ride because it's it's more fun to play around with like what ride you're going to go on what you know what kind of metaphysical concept is represented in that ride stuff like that so daniel why don't you kick us off this time i'm very curious to what you have to say about this one um, so I recently went to Disney World because my wife uh, works for a university where they had their conference there. So I had the the experience of going on a bunch of their rides, um, although I'm more of a Universal Studios person because it's a little bit more fun, I think. Um, <laughs> it's it's so certainly the, targeted more towards adults, Universal Studios. So I, I can yeah. understand that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unless you're a Disney adult, but that's a, I, uh, you do not strike me as a Disney adult. Uh, no, no. <laughs> um, although I will say, um, going there as an adult, because I haven't been to Disney World since I don't even remember when I was a lot younger. Mm. Epcot is a lot more fun because oh, I in bet. the past it was boring. It's like, oh, half of it's just countries and you can't do anything. There's no rides. Um, but when you go there as an adult, it's all drinking and eating. And you yeah. can, there's like a billion booths to go to and a billion different drinks. And mm. that's fun. You're selling me on this, Daniel. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I'm like, that does sound good. I might want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like Epcot was actually kind of fun. And I, I'm not so, you know, as we have established, I don't really care about drinking and eating so much drinking. I do care about, but, but <laughs> there was a festival happening. Um, so they had a lot of interesting stuff there. Um, anyway, it, and I believe it's in, it's either Epcot or Magic Kingdom. I can't remember because we went to 
few of them. The the old ride that is um, I forget what it's called too. It's it's the one where you're you're looking at technology evolving through history. The world it's not the world of tomorrow. It's like it's like a carousel that you sit in. Carousel of progress. Yes, the carousel yeah. of progress. Yes. So a classic ride um, where you have creepy animatronics speak yeah. to you about the past and currently it ends at the present with a bunch of video screens. I, for some reason in my head, thought the carousel of progress went further into the future and, and predicted what things would look like. Daniel, that's because it was built in like the 60s or 70s. Yeah. And guess what? We are in the future to them. So, <laughs> well, right. Yeah. But, but, so, so it's it's present was the future. But for some reason in my head, I thought that they had updated it and had another section that was like, oh, here's the future now. Right. Mm. And I, I think they have updated it because the way it presents the present is too accurate um, <laughs> in terms of the <laughs> animatronics that are there. And what I remember about it, it was incredibly boring. Um, <laughs> and yeah. Really, it's just so boring. I think we fell asleep at part of it. But but my ride I was thinking about is what what does the Carousel of Progress encapsulate? Um, I think it speaks to hope. You know, what, does, what can humanity achieve in the future and, and its vision of what's possible? And so in this evil gnome hellscape, their Carousel of Progress definitely speaks to hope. But I imagine it's designed to capture the hopes of those who view it or visit it and add to the ride so i guess you kind of unwittingly contribute to its collection in a sense as your hopes are conferred uh to the carousel okay interesting so mm -hmm. so what, what does it manifest as exactly like it's the ride itself you're looking into the future is it what what, it, what exactly are we experiencing on this ride i think it would originally contain scenes of maybe what the gnomes had perceived as a hopeful Ooh, future. Yeah. But as you're writing it, it starts to take your hopes and place them in the scene. So what it contains depends on who's in the ride. Oh, interesting. That's cool. Okay. And then you lose those hopes because obviously they've been reified. Oh, oh okay. Oh. Yeah. See, that part's important. Yeah. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> so, so when people say, don't give up your hopes and dreams, I suppose they mean, don't go on this ride. Don't go on this ride. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I, I wanted that part to be the case because we moved it a little bit in the horrorish direction. But mm -hmm. the the funny part of it would be that, you know, the ride is still full of animatronics and mm -hmm. it's goofy and mm -hmm. shittily put together and yes. old, yeah. you know. And so that's part of the fun part of it, except for that it has a sinister underpinning. I, I do yeah. want to emphasize that if we're going to be doing like them as a ride, like whatever your hopes and dreams are. They are made manifest in the form of janky animatronic and like mannequin, <laughs> yes, you know, like exactly. if your dream is to become like the demon Lord or whatever, then your your reified version of that is like a marionette version of the demon Lord, something like that. Mm -hmm. I think right. that that's like a fun way to do it and also like evokes the spirit of that kind of ride. Maybe that even um, plays a role in why people's hopes and dreams die out after this ride because they see it in this like really shitty form like Ooh. oh i don't then maybe that's not such a good idea that doesn't look yeah. cool anymore that's like some lame janky puppet over there i don't i don't yeah. want that anymore what happens to the people who get whatever they want and then this is like hey you wanted this like you get to see it play mm -hmm. out in real life you know yeah. so like yeah that's actually that's actually really fun and interesting there's almost a moral that you can play with this right like there's something that you can really point to and be like 
this is a Ray Bradbury, you like short story. So right. you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like that's what this feels like. Full of mangle gnomes. <laughs> God damn. Uh-huh. Yes, obviously. <laughs> Although to be fair, okay. In something wicked this way comes, you've basically got mangle gnomes in there. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, by the way, have I ever told you how upset I was at the ending of that book? I don't think I've read that no. one. Okay. Something wicked this way comes starts out so strong. Oh, yes. You have talked oh. about this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The first third of that book is so strong and then it just like, mm-hmm. it literally shits its own ass towards the <laughs> last third. And like, I love the wow. writing style, but man, that ending is not good. And if you want to talk about it, come chat with me on discord. Cause yo, I had issues with that book, but anyway, okay, let's get away from the Ray Bradbury and back into Nightmare Disney. Before we move on, another thing with Daniels to also bring in the big brother thing from the twist is like, if the gnomes are basically tracking all of this hope and dream data as people go through the rides and they're like using it to expand different parts of the park and like make things more attractive to people. So it's that like, Kind of gross capitalist amalgamation mm. of ideas and, and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Achieve whatever you want for a price. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I yeah. wish I had that available. It's called Google Analytics. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, kind of. But, I mean, also, we do have Google Analytics, you realize, but it's well, that's what I mean, because you can type your hopes and dreams into the search engine, which is all being tracked. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. I see. In fact, you can even look at um, trends and see what kind of people are interested in okay i don't know what it is with that word but whenever someone says trend or trending like i literally like my body has a visceral reaction to that <laughs> where i like throw up in my uh-huh. mouth just a little bit and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. oh I, I hate the concept of that word so much you could have called it zeitgeist okay <laughs> giving something a fancy name doesn't make it any less often <laughs> <laughs> like, like I've seen people try and make that work. It's not going to happen for me. It'll be worse when instead of trending, it'll be uh, just Sydney responding to you saying, go fuck yourself. That's what's going to happen. I mean, honestly, I I think I'd prefer that because at least there's like a, <laughs> a facsimile of like edge and like, genuine, <laughs> yeah. you know, like there's something to it that is like more than like, oh, it's it's another. OK, we're we're moving. We're moving on. We, yes, we got to yes. move on. Courtney, please move us on. What is your metaphysical concept in ride that we're going with? So I went with more of an attraction than a ride. That's fine. That's what I really mean is attraction. You know, it could be a ride. All right. Um, So I went with the concept of truth or honesty, which looks pretty unassuming as an attraction. It's just one of those like fortune teller machines from a carnival. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Zoltan, right? From B. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, so in, in the real world, those have like mechanized puppets essentially inside, but of course here in Gnome, in Gnome Hellscape, it's a person who's been warped into this very stereotypical, like mystical look. Oh, I hate it. And I love it. (laughs) Oh, it's awful. (laughs) And, and this was extremely popular when it first opened because of course everyone wanted to learn some like fun or flattering truth about themselves. So Uh you had these huge lines of people waiting to get their little slip of paper from the machine. But once people read their truth off, their whole demeanor changes because it's not the nice stuff. It's like your husband has been sleeping with the nanny for the past five months or your your children are eagerly awaiting your death so they can inherit all your money or it was your fault that your friend died. Stuff like that. So it's only ugly truth. It's it's yeah, it's basically like. Wait, it's it's the scroll of truth meme. 
Yes, exactly. It's literally yeah, that. It is oh that. my God. I didn't even think about that. Yes. Yeah, that is it. no, that's exactly yeah. what it is. Oh, that's great. Also, <laughs> holy fuck, that's twisted and amazing. I love that. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so that, that initial excitement has really died down because, you know, people's lives were being ruined. Uh, <laughs> so the people who still use the machine are generally just those who are brand new to the park or the city really. Um, and they see this attraction of like, no wait time. It's like, yeah, that sounds cool. Let's do it. And then they have their entire world shattered in front of them. Oh man. I wonder <laughs> how many people take the exit, like shortly oh. after reading. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> There's like a big exit door right next to the next Oh to the fuck, machine. you're so right, aren't you? Oh Jesus, that's awful. <laughs> and you're saying oh, over man. time it became more um, unpleasant, the truths it reveals. No, I think it was just, I think always. It, it had always been like that. But at the start, like people expected like fun, interesting oh, okay. things, like going to like a flattering fortune teller type situation mm -hmm. or like mm -hmm. reading off a horoscope where it's like, yeah, that sounds exactly like me. And then, but instead it's like, no, you, you did something horrible in the past and yeah. everybody hates you for it. Uh, I wonder, <laughs> um, since part of the gnome's goal is to keep people in the park and continue to ride the rides and mm -hmm. empty themselves, mm -hmm. um, if if some of the things it tells them are seductive in the sense that, um, sure, they are horrible, but it, they still want to know more truths. So you uh, keep coming back, yeah. you know, yeah. like maybe mm -hmm. it's a little bit of a, um, a gin or like it's slightly um, like a monkey's paw. Yeah, it's slightly mm -hmm. uh, not not totally truthful about what it reveals. Like it gives you something that's like 95% yeah. of the truth. So you have to come back and ask again of it. Wait, how about instead of like, like a fortune or whatever, it's like two truths and a lie. Right. Uh, and yeah. sometimes the truths that it gives are often so ugly. We'd rather treat them as lies. Yeah. And so yeah. like you get up there and you're like, I don't know which one of these is true and which one is it like, it's like devastating. Like, wait, mm -hmm. if any of these are true, I'm awful. You know, like there's stuff like that, that I think would be really fun to play with as well, where you can get like a yeah. mixture of the truth with lie. That is fun. And I also feel like speaking to Daniel, your point about like the gnomes wanting people to kind of go deeper into this cesspool mm -hmm. of a city, the sort of hedonistic approach that might come after learning such terrible things. Like, Yes, some people might just immediately give up, but other people are going to be like, well, if I'm a terrible person, fuck it. I'm going to go just mm, do all yes. this other shit nonstop. Like, it doesn't matter anymore. My life's ruined. Oh, Who yeah. gives a you're shit? You're free now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you're free. Pure nihilism. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, wait, here's the thing, right? This is an attraction, but for whom, right? This attraction is not specifically for the people seeking their truth and fortune. It is for the people who know what that ride does and they sit and they watch. Like, I imagine that this is like mm. surrounded by an amphitheater and like people come uh, and watch yeah. them react to the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like that a lot. That's uh, that's gross. But yeah, like it over time, it very like naturally sort of evolved from like, a, oh, yeah, just a machine to like now there are benches around it. And now like yep. there's, you know, bleachers and it's become this entire thing. Well, OK, so some Disney history when the park originally opened, right, like in the, the paths were still paths and everything like that. Walt looked at some of the man made paths, like when people tromped through and like pushed down the grass. And rather mm -hmm. than like, you know, creating fences around it, 
he basically just paved over those walkways. Yeah, yeah. So that's basically what we're seeing here. It's like, okay, wait, these people are gathering around this booth and it's not to like participate. It's to watch. So mm-hmm. I guess we'll just add in some seating and make it an attraction in and of itself, you know, without people really knowing what it's about. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of the Jumbotron idea, like, yeah, imagining like the close-up cam on people's faces oh, as they reveal man. their darkest things and yeah. they're like the tears and the anger and the disbelief and like oh man uh, yeah that's good that's <laughs> horrible but good hell yeah oh that's awesome that's so good uh so is this still truth or is it like the most twisted funhouse version mirror of a truth that we have uh, i mean now it's lovely I agree. Mind you, I agree, but I'm not convinced that it's still truth. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe that's the part that's warped over time. Like, Uh because of how people have treated it, it's become more of this, like, disturbing attraction. Oh, maybe it's just, maybe it's become twisted and mean-spirited. Like, it has, like, a personality. It's, like, spiteful of all of this. It's like, I'm I'm not supposed to be used for this bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? I mean, it's trapped. Right. Yeah. It's a yeah. Exactly. Idea, right? Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's even better. <laughs> Holy shit! This is oh, so man. amazing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh man, that's good. All right. Um. Well, I suppose I'll go because I. Uh, I mean, I'm not beating that, but like, I can at least tell you what I've what I've got in mind for mine. So, my favorite ride at Walt Disney World is the Haunted Mansion. I love spooky things. I think it creates a great atmosphere. I think that the visuals in it are really interesting and fun. And one of my favorite things when I was younger was going on an Academy Disney tour where they basically, you take this guided tour and they'd show you how a lot of the rides work and they point out things like, Hey, this is how this works. Right. And, and uh, my most memorable version of that was taking the haunted mansion ride. So showing how the ghosts work and how all the spider webs are made out of cotton candy mm-hmm. stuff like that was really charming. And I love the spooky atmosphere and the, and the like narrative surrounding the haunted mansion. So I wanted to do a horror ride, right? Because a haunted mansion to me or a haunted ride of some kind was really attractive and really fun. And I also wanted to mix in this idea that came up in discord. So shout out to Kaiser for bringing this up. Kaiser apparently had some family who worked for Disney as like maintenance and engineering crew and extolled upon us some of the horrible stuff that they had seen and experienced. So my idea was that this ride is uh, I'm I'm calling it grist for the mill and the concept of this ride. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Just wait. Okay. So, so the way that this works, it embodies this kind of twisted version of uh, the concept that I have is like maintenance, right? That's kind of what I was playing with. And it starts out as like this fun kind of spooky ride. That's also supposed to be like a guided tour of the undercity, right? So the maintenance tunnels, all of the like weird pipes and the dark parts, right? And throughout this ride, you're getting like a, a spooky history of the city itself. But what you're also doing is witnessing the horrors of the city and its dark underbelly. So the the literal Mengele stuff that's happening, you're getting exposed to it. But as a ride, you're experiencing this as though it's fiction. However, mm-hmm. what it's actually doing instead is just showing you how the city actually operates in the background without the veneer of disneyfication to try and save things right 
So at the end of this ride is where the climax happens, where it essentially drops into a free fall a la Tower of Terror. And the problem with that is at the bottom is a giant grinder. And there is a percentage of seats that are just faultily built and designed to drop people into this grinder. And that's my idea. What it's there for, what it does, I don't care. Just the concept that you're losing a percentage of riders to this giant grinder, literal meat grinder, after this kind of narrative spook house thing, that's what I was interested in talking about. And by all means, have at it. So to clarify, the the concept is like maintenance itself or like behind the scenes type stuff. Maintenance is okay. the word that oh, okay. I had in mind. That's okay. correct. Yes. That was my question. Interesting. And maintenance here really um, is, is maintenance. Has it become um, a blender because it's so sick of being trapped like Courtney's idea? Or is it like something else? Metaphorically, and I suppose if we're reifying the metaphor here, the implication is that this city is built on blood and requires mm-hmm. blood to, to run. So the, the reason for this is like, hey, we need blood to run. We're going to need X amount of victims to make sure that this runs. And it just so happens that this is how we get them. Right. Mm-hmm. And remember, they aren't dead. Right. When they go through the grinder. This is just, yeah, yeah, a a slight reminder that you're going to come out slurry, but you're not dead yet. Yeah, because nobody can die in the city. Nobody can die. That's right. They can't be murdered. So are they like literally torn apart or are they like just transform and then spit back out? No, no. They're literally ground up into a slurry. I mean, it it is a literal (laughs) giant meat grinder. Uh, Again, I wanted to lean into the horror aspect because it's a spooky ride. And also because, like, why not just lean hard into horrifying aspects of this world? Is the food, are they reused as food in the park? Um, You know, I never really thought about how they're reconstituted, Daniel. Mm -hmm. Like, that wasn't really my concern. But, like, honestly, you got to eat, right? So I I wonder because, um, like, maintenance suggests, you know, like having a stable ecosystem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you've got all that ground meat, like, what are you going to do with it? Oh god. <laughs> Hamburgers and hot dogs, baby, the American right. way. Yeah. Yep. And then you extend the metaphor because if the people being consumed then become the product, which they're being sold in the yep. park, you know, yep. as they're being consumed, they don't ever die in this world. So they're oh moving god. from person to person Jesus in their own guts. You know? This is horrifying. <laughs> also, we made capitalism the villain again. God damn it. It's always. It's it always yeah, I know that it's always, but like Or at least consumption, you know. Yes. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Consumption for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, which you could also, instead of maintenance, you could also suggest that this is consumption as a, yeah. a ride. Cause like metaphorically, like diving into the underbelly of the city is like being digested. So I mm-hmm. suppose that there's that aspect too, yeah, you know, that's true. of course, if you survive the ride, then like the metaphor then becomes excretion, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> you know, there, there's that stuff too. <laughs> another another idea to, again, tie it back to the Big Brother twist is like, what if the seats that are released into the grinder are the ones where the people in them recognize that this is all actually happening? That's what I was thinking of, actually. Like, yeah. those who realize that this isn't a ride, like, those are right. the people who are kind of like, it it like triggers for them. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But not all of them. I think that if you made it a hundred percent, like people would catch on. 
So oh, I think okay. that it'd have to be 50% of the people. So like you, you have to deal with some psychological scarring or like mm-hmm. some survivor's guilt or something like that. I think that's far more twisted and fucked up if we do it that way. Well, and realistically, like if this is a, a business, right, is the they 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 want to minimize the amount of bleed of their own customers. So like it, it might be a percentage that's very small, but it's enough mm. to a keep the illusion intact and b really fine tune the ideology of the space. You know, like when yeah. you have someone in Disney criticizing Disney internally, like Disney doesn't like that as a brand and, yeah. you know, we'll do what's necessary to make sure that that doesn't happen. And I think that, that that would be reflected in this ride. Yeah. Yeah. I I do think that's really interesting. Yeah, that's really fun. Also, Jesus Christ, you guys, what what happened? <laughs> what happened to this sick carnival ride that we've created? Like, Jesus Christ, it's amazing. Also, I, I'm kind of envisioning this as uh, Mr. Bowen's wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get off Mr. Bowen's wild ride. Oh, man. That's that. Is that a deep cut? Because I know that's like from a 90s computer game. That's right? from like, um, what's it? Roller Coaster Tycoon. Roller Coaster Tycoon. Yeah. Yeah. But like that meme, that meme's like ancient. Like, I'm pretty sure oh, that we have listeners yeah. who are younger than that meme, oh, right? God. If you were around before Mr. Bones's Wild Ride was a meme, send us an email. Let us know that we're old and we're crumbling to dust before you. Uh, that would be great. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Rides are over. Any other questions or comments about rides and attractions before we move on? I guess the one thing that I had been curious about before, but then in bringing up the idea that maybe these people become food for other people is like, yeah, how does the food work in this city? Like, can animals also not die? Or is it just... Oh, shit. Yeah, that has to be correct, right? Yeah. Oh, that's horrifying. Importing and exporting, just like Disney World, nothing is made there. Everything is imported. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And it speaks to the metaphor of Disney itself. Well, not the metaphor, really, it's just it's... The way it behaves, like it doesn't originate anything. It just repurposes it and recycles it, mm, puts it on yeah. display there. OK, I don't know why, but I'm definitely bringing in a lot more theory than I normally do. But Jean Baudrillard literally talks about this in Simulation Simulacrum because it's like the, the what. You, OK, I'm not getting into this, I'm not getting into this because it's going to take too long. But yes, just know that I know that that's the thing. And they literally talk about that and how it's like pipelined nostalgia essentially in the hyper real and the real whatever okay we can have this it's done it's over i'm getting over myself okay (laughs) can we move on to a main storyline quest because i feel like (laughs) something like unveiling a a, a quest line or like a narrative within this is going to be horrendously fucked up so what are we doing are we just creating like hey survive the city you know, like as tourists or is it there's there's got to be something more complex or interesting happening than that. Right. I mean, I've I've worked at both Disney World and Universal Studios, and I think it would be interesting to be an employee. OK, mm-hmm. away from the narratives perspective, you get a different um, view of mm-hmm. of the place because the employee doesn't necessarily see everything, but they do see the experience of the visitor with different eyes and they do see some of the underworkings of the place. I'm okay and with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds amazing. Disturbing both angles. Yeah. Okay. So who are we embodying here? What 
crew member, cast member, sorry, are <laughs> we embodying? Like who who can see chunks of the park, but not all of the park, you know? I'm picturing like a gangly, awkward teenager type who like mm-hmm. has started fairly recently. And like Daniel, you were talking about last episode, how you kind of got shuffled around to different yes. uh, roles every mm-hmm. every day or whatever, every shift. So like they are gradually seeing more and more things and maybe because of the specific roles that they've been assigned to or the timing of it, they've seen maybe a bit more than most other people their age get to see. Mm -hmm. And it's starting to like dawn on them what's happening. Yes. And I bet you you make friends too with others there. Like I can see if you're going to build a party, potentially this is an RPG or you're going to look for some principal characters in a story. I could also see um, like a face character, like, you know, a princess mm-hmm. or a mascot being added to this group or a handler of those mascot characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, one of the reasons why I would mention a princess in particular is because when I grew up, I knew a couple of girls that were like identical twins who were obsessed since they were children with being a Disney princess, like working at the park. But to work at the, it's a modeling job, like to work, you have yeah. to meet certain requirements and they just were never going to meet it. Not that they weren't, yeah. they were pretty girls, but they just weren't like the type that is needed. For yeah. That. yeah. And so they would try year over year over year to get in. And so I think it'd be interesting for the supporting cast to this teenager to be one of those princesses, perhaps that's mm. actually in the role, you know, because that I also think that mm. kind of character gets a little bit closer to at least the way the park presents itself because mm-hmm. they're going to have a lot more exposure to the brand and how they need to conduct themselves to yeah. be part of it. I'm going to toss in some of my own teenage history here as well and suggest that we should probably have someone in food services do that work yes. as well. Yes. So, so what I'm seeing here is that our principal cast are people who have their own different like visions into the dark underbelly mm-hmm. of the kind of undergoings in in the city itself so food service yeah you see you literally see how the sausage is made and Mm -hmm. it's mostly because it's grist for the mill or (laughs) or it's because of something else but yeah food service definitely in there for sure princess cast member you know like character cast member 100 percent. i'm down so courtney i suppose we need to we need you to add in your own third cast member here that we can add as a teenager angry teenager yeah, but like, what's the purpose of the teenager? Like, yes, they're new to the company, but what do they do? Yeah, I guess I was picturing them in like a role of either not a princess type character, but like a more minor character. Okay. Or like a food service type thing. Or they could be like a, a janitor type role even. Or, you know, I was going to say, info desk yeah. kinda. we are mostly janitors and slash cart yeah. people and food yeah. cart people or sales people. You know? wait, yeah, wait, yeah, we haven't even talked about souvenirs yet, have we? Oh my God, merchandising. Yep. Yeah. We're missing out, you guys. We need someone who's like, oh, come on. We need a souvenir person for sure. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Hold on. So you know how Disney has a bunch of pins and stuff, collectible pins? Yeah, constantly. Every fucking booth. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. This person is a walking pin board. Uh, So they walk around and they jingle and jangle as they walk and like, hey, you can have this pin. And they're like pulling Mm -hmm. them out of their body. As they're like presenting oh. them. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, it reminds me of because like in the parks, you also have the wandering photographer trying to sell you a picture. 
and and it's in a sense is that a thing in disney is it really oh yeah it's constantly this photographer is always trying to like lure you over so they can take a picture and then try to sell it to you i did not know that that's scummy as fuck and it's in universal too yeah like they're in your but like the wandering kind of salesperson is a concept because you've got that you've also got in a sense the booths that are outside are wandering in that sense Mm -hmm. you know like so it makes sense Oh, I, I like overly aggressive salesperson as an archetype mm-hmm. as well. That's really fun because then you have a face character, right? You have someone who's like kind of charming or something like that. Yeah. Oh, you could easily run this as an RPG with all these archetypes. Like Daniel, yeah. this is an OSR plus game for sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Theme park. When I wonder too, like if you had that one, if that might be separate from say the janitor who is the gangly teenager, because the gangly teenager is um inexperienced gangly and probably mm. not want to be presented to people because for, for mm. me for yeah, example yeah. they didn't want to have me in any position where i was too in yeah. front of the public like <laughs> being able to sell yeah. like a lemon slush is fine in their eyes but i'm not going to be working in like one of the fancy stores like i was Shuffle always off i yeah, i was like <laughs> I was like clean the fucking bathroom or the or like be a busboy in a, in one of the restaurants. I was never mm-hmm. like important enough to be anything else. Oh so that, that teenager, I think, would be the bottom rung. Then you have the salesperson. Then you'd have the face, and you have the person in food service. Like they're all in different roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. good. That's good. Okay, so what's bringing these archetypes together? Because we need something to kind of move them and force them into a, a singular entity as a as a party, right? So what's what's doing it here? Uh, a ride malfunction. Oh, let's. Yeah, no. The metaphysical concept has had enough of this shit and tries to like escape or like get bust uh, out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. concept escapes. I mean, and a ride malfunctions. Those are two cool events. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm gonna add a third one. And mm-hmm. one of their employees, one of their friends in this group, vanishes. Mm. Oh wait, wait, okay. Vanishes or was on the ride that was malfunctioning, and that ride yes. is now like on a runaway or something yes. like that. They were on yeah. the ride and they disappeared. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Oh man. Okay, that's really good. <laughs> Holy shit, that's really really excellent. Okay, and and obviously, right? They have to navigate because c- the company, the 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 gnomes behind it, right? They're like, just do your job. Like we'll take mm-hmm. care of it. Just do your mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. like that kind of thing. But they're like, no, we care about this person. We want to make sure that, wait, 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 wait. Is that cast member a princess? So they literally have to save a princess. Save the princess. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. hilarious. Come yeah. on, that's Oh, fun. and maybe, maybe the one in the party is like what you were talking about, Daniel, the one who wanted to be the princess, but just <gasps> didn't have the right look and for it. And she's in a different job. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. The shitty job. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's good. That's so good. So oh like there's God. some like maybe some interparty conflict where like uh-huh. I don't really care that much if we find her or like yeah. maybe like actively sabotaging it. And maybe they're torn. Like maybe they're related to them. Like we could borrow from reality. Like it's literally their twin, not an identical yeah. twin, but yeah. she didn't make the cut. So she's oh, like stuck like, with a shitty job. Yeah. Oh, or it's like, oh, she got the job that I wanted. And it's yeah. like just a different type of princess, you know, right. Like, one is beauty and one is pretty, you know, like something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can see her then them along their journeys going to the ride that tells the truth or tells the tells the messed up truth. But the evil ride would tell her like, oh, you never loved your sister. Or you're an asshole and blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Ooh, yeah, that's you know? good. That's really good. And they have to that's overcome good. that. OK, hold on. If we're running this as an adventure, because, you know, the archetypes ahead of time. You're going to give them the two truths and a lie. And then yes. you tell the player, you decide oh. which is true and which isn't. Yes. Come on. Oh, Come I've got to make this the game. That's good. That is good. Turn that this is into good. one of the settings. 
do oh, it. Fuck. Oh fuck yeah, this is amazing. You even uh, have uh, the evil gnome race already, didn't you? Yes, <laughs> I already have. We already played them. You know. <laughs> oh man, I played one. Okay. Even system agnostic, the concepts that are in here are so fucking strong. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be using this shit for sure in games ahead of time. Like, I don't even care. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and mechanically, too, if you, even if you try to carry the idea that no one dies, like, if you're turning that into a game, that, that can be a mechanic because it explains what will happen if you're taken out of the action. You know, like, yeah. So it must mean that you're you get smashed by something and someone has to fix that. You know, like it's you yeah. don't die necessarily. You're still in the ride. You're still in the game. Yeah, you'll come yeah, back yeah. later or something like that. I uh-huh. get fixed up some setback. You know, and, and honestly, it like high lethality could work for this because you're not actually dead, but you you certainly are right. taken out. Right. Or permanent death, you know, quote unquote death is not when you're like murdered. It's when you get slurried and turned into a hot dog. Right. Or <laughs> when you're like basically sent to languish somewhere where you cannot escape, you know, you're putting to mm. in a mobile state of constant immortality and pain, you know, you're sent to the break room. Oh, the break. It's literally breaking your bones. Like the <laughs> break room. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yep. Okay. I absolutely love what this turned into. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is horrifying and hilarious and all sorts of like fun and fucked up all at the same time. So a big mm-hmm. thank you to Diploraptor for sending in this prompt. I feel like we're, we've wrapped up pretty well, right? Yeah, I guess another thing. Daniel, what was your um, concept ride thing again? Hope in the carousel. Prompt. Oh, right. Right. Hope. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Maybe part of the key of solving the problem is to retrieve some of the hopes. So like maybe we learn in the story that even the concepts have hopes. Like, Mm -hmm. so like the unique Mm -hmm. thing about hope is that even the concepts themselves have hopes. And that's why this one has broke free to escape. It has a a hope of escaping. So part of it is going to the carousel of progress and retrieving the necessary hopes, almost like magic items, you know, in order Mm -hmm. to fight the larger administration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was thinking that you're going to utilize that hope ride to like gather an yeah. army or like that's the key for yeah. like breaking out essentially, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. But you also have to be careful because that panopticon is always, there's always yeah. a chance that it'll focus oh, yeah. on you and kind of spoil your plan. Oh, that's great. Like, that's also a mechanic. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Like every, I don't know, X amount of time the GM rolls a die to see if mm-hmm. the panopticon has turned its gaze towards your party or something. Random encounters get generated. That's absolutely yeah. um like a clock in modern yeah. games. Well, yeah. th- that that's actually what I was going to suggest is that rather than have mm-hmm. it be like pure randomness, because that can be like kind of not fun. Like yeah. maybe actions that you take can increase the notice oh, level yeah. or something cool like too. that. Yeah. So like if you if you cause mischief you're probably mm-hmm. more yes. likely to be noticed by the panopticon. Yes. Right? Yeah. That goes back to like, remember how we were reading the Alexandria and he talked about, um, he has an example of like recasting how breaking into the death star would work. If you, mm-hmm. if you handle mm-hmm. rolling stealth checks where it's like, when you take risky action, then you have to check as opposed to like every time you do something. So in the mm-hmm. sense here, it's like when you do stuff that catches the notice of the park, you have to check against the panopticon yeah. itself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. I like that. That's really good. I like that. Okay. And oh, because man. you're because you are employees, you are probably still kind of expected to act in those roles mm-hmm. even as you're running around. So like the the Ooh. not princess character still has to like try to act all cheery when like a yes. group of kids runs up yep. to her and stuff. 
you still have to provide food even though yep. you're nowhere near your cart, you know, like <laughs> stuff like that. You have to improvise. Princess has her hand behind her back and it's like bleeding because they just like got out of some adventure and she has to like yep. wince and smile as the kids yep. come to her, you know. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you can't point with one finger because that's right. aggressive, right? Yeah. So yeah, gotta be at least three. Yeah. <laughs> of course, if you if your hand gets mangled and you only have one <laughs> finger left, what are you gonna do, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh man, this is so gloriously fucked up. That's great. Yeah. Well. All right, guys. I think we're good. I think we're. Are, mm-hmm. Do we have anything else that we need to talk about? Because this has been a f- literal funhouse that we've created here. <laughs> I I just love how it all came together. It was uh. Not at all what I thought of when no. I first read that prompt. But. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Mm. No, we've we've twisted and warped this into a glorious abomination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So so if there's nothing else, let's roll right into it. A big thank you again to Diplo for the setting. And remember, if you want us to build your world and just witness the horrors we can create. You can go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, where you can click the link, follow the instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. Come join us on Discord, chat with us about the the kind of rides that you would create, or the type of people you would want to be in an RPG like this, or listen to in a story. You can follow us on social media over at Let's World Build, where we tweet about stuff. And if you're feeling particularly generous, like Diploraptor, you can always give us money over on Patreon, where you'll get access to early episodes, patron-only episodes, double-length episodes for submitted prompts, and all sorts of other goodies. And you can find out more on our Patreon. So think about it this way. If you want to use some of the concepts or if you want to steal from us wholesale, joining our Patreon is just a little thank you. It's like a tip jar right? That you can just toss in and say like, Hey, I use this for my idea for my game. You can use it, whatever. Just let us know how it goes. Honestly, I'm, I'm always excited when people tell us like, Hey, I use this part from this setting and it worked really well. So come to discord, tell us all about that. And with all of that out of the way, that's going to do it for this episode of world build with us. Remember that we love you very much. And we're going to get through this together until next week. 